0: Hello, and welcome to the Activation Nation podcast, your weekly source of actionable advice from industry experts in self-development, LifeVantage products, and more to help you activate your wellness, your business, and your life. Today's episode focuses on personal growth and leadership development. But first, the legal stuff. You may hear our guests talk about the income they've earned or how their health has been affected with LifeVantage. Please note that the average annual earnings of a typical active LifeVantage consultant in 2022 was $885. For the most up-to-date information, please click the link in our show notes. Any product statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, here's your host to dive into today's story to help you activate your life.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Activation Nation, where we are back talking all about leadership. And we have someone who is truly incredible in this category, and that is an executive leader from Idaho, from the Boise area, Tanya Sheldon. Tanya has an incredible background in this industry and has built a thriving business with LifeVantage. And you know, one of the things that you will find with Tanya is that she is so humble and so authentic, uh, which really sets her up well to be having this discussion about leadership. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Again, Tanya Sheldon from Idaho, executive leader. Thanks, everyone. Tanya, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I was so honored when I got asked and really excited to be here. Well, you definitely came to mind when we were looking at this topic as someone that we knew. Um, had just so much experience in. So thank you for sharing your time with us. And, you know, let's just jump right in. So I want to kick it off with kind of a generic question, and that is, what does leadership really mean to you? And how has your, you know, definition of this concept of leadership really evolved um, over time?
2: Yeah, uh, the word leadership can be really intimidating and scary. And I think it's easy for people to assume that only certain people are cut out for leadership. But And for me, when I got involved too, just that word leadership, I always thought it was intimidating. It was scary to me, but I knew that I wanted to be one. And even I know people can see the higher ranks or they see people that are in front of the room and there might be that burning desire and for them to want to be it, but they think that it takes just so much to become that person. And it doesn't have to take so much because I think people minimize little consistent actions that can actually make you a leader and keep you going in that direction. And so, I mean, for me, the way that it's evolved over time, I just think wanting to coming into this company and wanting to have been one so badly, it really starts with yourself. Like it starts in the form of you being accountable to yourself, being accountable to the fact that you know you want to be a leader. So then putting in consistent work and many times the consistency that you have to do over and over to become a leader, it's not always fun stuff. And But it's stuff that if you just stay consistent with those small minute mundane things like i mean simply taking care of people and growing yourself on a daily basis that is what can transform you into then becoming a leader and you're not going to just think of yourself as a leader right away i didn't you don't just one day say oh gosh i'm a leader it I is mean, it's yeah. just yeah it just happens over time and if you put in that consistent work i mean to become a leader how can you I don't know. It's just that consistency to me that makes a big difference.
1: Um, yeah. Well, you said something that, you know, I, I has come up in as we've done several of these, of these podcasts. Um, and it's not that just like you wake up and, and you're a leader. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about your journey in, um, in your life managed business, uh, because I, I agree with you. I think for some people, this concept of leadership is just either totally foreign or completely overwhelming. so i'm I'm curious, like when you joined this business, how did you like what was your take on leadership? And were you afraid? Were you like, i'm I'm ready, let's go or you know, for that new person coming in who maybe just has no idea what we're even talking about, what would your advice to be to them, and and how did you feel that in in your early days of your business? Yeah, I
2: was not ready. Let's go. I was like, I'm terrified. I'm scared to death. But I also knew deep within me that I wanted to make a difference in other people's lives. And I didn't coin that as leadership. I just knew that through the industry of network marketing, that the successful people I had met, they got to the position of leadership, quote unquote. By making an impact in other people's lives. And my first experience with leadership in our company, I mean, it was me sitting on a living room floor looking up in admiration at Carrie Dickey and wanting to be her. And I proceeded to follow her around for an entire weekend because to me, if you want something bad enough, find somebody that has it and just become a great student. And after my first enrollment, I didn't right away consider myself a leader. But as you work to help someone else grow and as you continue to do the things that terrify you and scare you and make you sweat, like you really are stepping into leadership, whether you title it that or not. Those are the steps you're taking to become a leader. And the things that I feel really shape my leadership leadership skills came from how other leaders were treating me. And how I witnessed them treating other people. You learn ways that you want to be and you learn ways that you don't want to be. But some of the most impactful experiences have come from me and my own team. It's when you're doing the small things that you think you should just be doing, but you get feedback like that made such an impact in my life or you believing in me means so much to me or you sending me this, or going out of your way to do a Zoom for me, or present for me, or meet my friend for a third-party validation. like Those little things that you just think are common sense that you should do, that's leadership. And when you make that impact in the lives of other people and you get that feedback back to you, that's when it's easier and became easier for me to understand, okay, like this is really happening. I, I am becoming a leader. And then you just want to do more
1: of it because it feels so darn good. Oh, my, there are so many nuggets in that. That I, I love how you, you know, shared your experience through through watching others. And it really made me think, you know, sometimes we, you know, we do equate the leader with the person in front of the room and we think, I've got to be just like them. How important do you feel like it has been to develop your own leadership style and identify your own strengths versus saying, I want to be somebody else. Does oh that make God. sense? Yeah. It's so important. And it's, it's so
2: easy to compare, right? We all know comparison is a thief of joy. And it's especially when you have developed and you're developing a team and you're telling them, You're know, you educating them and you're teaching them, and then they go and they hear the same thing from someone else, but they get it. And then it's so easy to question yourself as a leader. Am I not doing enough? Should I have done it differently? But if we get too much in our head, I know for me, if I get too much in my head and I question what I'm doing, that doesn't make me effective. And if I try to spend too much time being like someone else, I'm not going to succeed the way I'm supposed to succeed. I'm not going to become the leader I'm truly supposed to become for me, Tanya, if I'm trying to copycat someone else. And that has taken a long, that's a long journey. It's a tough one. Yeah, but you have to hold on to those, the feedback you get from other people. You have to hold on to the fact that if you are being truly authentically yourself, and you stay humble and you love people well. I mean, I just think that fundamentally, that makes you an amazing leader. And we need lots of different leaders. We need a melting pot of leaders.
1: We don't need all the same, or no one's going to get where they need to go. Well, that was perfect tie into where I kind of wanted to go with this next, because I think it's really kind of two parts to this. The first part is, you know, trying to copy someone else's leadership and, Like you are spot on. And I couldn't agree with you more that that just doesn't work. Right. It's it's not authentic. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it, too, is sometimes I've seen it where, um, you know, as you look at leading a team and those people who are looking to you as the leader, you know, and as, as other people start to rise in leadership. It's important, I think, to recognize people on your team who bring other strengths. And you you kind of mentioned that melting pot of leaders and how important it is. Um, but sometimes I think from the leadership perspective, it's almost easy. Maybe threatened isn't the right word, but to be uncomfortable as somebody else, you know, in your organization becomes a better leader. Have you seen that in your business? And if so, how have you had to navigate and really find that balance of, you know, when people on our teams get better we all get better versus it being like well i'm your leader so i should be better does that make sense yeah yeah i mean i believe that when people
2: when people struggle with people in their organization becoming leaders and sometimes rising up and i mean sometimes becoming better leaders than they are you know it's in some perspectives I think that's the greatest compliment we could have as a leader like that is how you truly build a successful business in network marketing and you want to rise up and raise other leaders in this industry and for people that struggle with that i think we just need to then pause and look within like what is it within me that makes me not feel good for this person succeeding Where am I faulting and where do I need to continue to grow? Because you don't become a leader and then you're done. Like leadership is ever evolving. We have to always be growing. There's always new things happening, changes coming at us. Like it's ever evolving. But I just think that's why you become a leader. If if you have risen to the point where people look at you as a leader and now you are developing other people, like that's what it's about. That's why we're here. And it's not an ego-driven title. It should not be an ego-driven title. It should be a love in motion kind of title.
1: That, I I love how you captured that. It's almost like if if you're feeling that way, that should be your signal to almost look within and say like, why am I feeling this way? And I think, you know, one of the things that I've learned in my leadership journey is the better people are around you and the better they can magnify their strengths, it does make you better as a leader as well. So I love how you shared that. Yeah, I agree. Well, as as you look back on your journey and, you know, hindsight is always t- twenty twenty. you know, you talked about, you know, you weren't the person that came in and was like, all right, let's go, let's do this. You know, what lessons do you feel like you, you maybe had to learned the hard way and not not in a bad way, because that's obviously how we grow. But as you look back on your journey, what is something that you can say, man, I really learned from that specific, you know, instance of how to be a better leader? Is there any key moments that you feel like have really helped define your your leadership style?
2: Um, I think for me, key moments are just You know, I can't, I mean, just specific moments like with my team. It's when I see them,
1: ugh, I don't, I'm going to take a drink so I don't get emotional. Well, you know, authentic is always the best. You'd be like, it's an emotional topic because it's so personal. That's why you're such a good leader. Yeah, I just, um, ugh, it's, (laughs)
2: Do you know, I actually have in my team, there's a dollar bill that floats around for every time I cry, they pass it around. It's kind of a joke. I revol- So anyway, um, but it's my favorite thing to um, be that person that takes someone's hand and gets them to do the thing that they're terrified to do. But I know that it's the thing they need to do because I know their story. It's just. It's the greatest thing, whether it's getting them in front of a room, um, whether it's, and sometimes that means too, as a leader, that it's not always coming from you, but if you've taken the time to connect and make them a friend and you know their story and you want to help them make that vision they have for their life become reality, and you want to help them create that vision that they think is impossible, but you know that they're capable of having, sometimes that means you're giving them tools and resources and people that aren't you, that aren't from you, that aren't taught from you. And you then just become the connector. You're like the bridge of a leader that's connecting them to other resources that whether it came from you or not, you know it's the exact thing that they need to help them get in the direction they wanna go. And that too is being a leader, even if it's not coming from you. If you're connecting them to that thing that you know they need,
1: that to me is a great, a great strength of a leader. I I love that. Um, identifying strengths in others. But if I'm hearing you right, it's really making sure that you know them and understand their story and understand, you know, what they want before you just dive in and start guiding them. Right. Absolutely. It's not about you. The minute someone new is put in front of you,
2: I mean, the best skill set you can have as a leader is listening. It's asking the questions to listen, not asking the questions to respond.
1: You know, one of the things that I know you see as an as a leader that is just, you know, it's I it's just life is that we talked about a lot of different leadership styles and the importance of that melting pot. But as, as your team has gotten bigger and you've developed more and more leaders, how how have you taken on that responsibility of making sure that the team is is cohesive. They might have different viewpoints on some things. They might have different strengths, but really, this concept of we're, we're better together. And how have you really tried to foster that, you know, a higher goal of leadership within a team with so many different leaders in your business?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the really important thing is you've got to get them to the events because when you can get people from different sides of the world sometimes for leaders or different sides of the U.S. to events to come together and you can sit them beside each other or you can take this person that's alone in one city with this group that's being created in another state and help them to feel a part of something bigger. That makes a huge impact because I want my team to be friends as well. I want them to find accountability within one another And having that culture, it's so, so important. Like we don't use the terms downline, upline, it's teammates. It's This is my business partner. I mean, from the minute that someone comes in, I don't want them to look at me that way. I want them to look at me as their partner in this to help them expand their business. And when we take the time to connect with our people and we connect with them personally, It just makes them feel seen. And that's what people need today. And the other, I think, really important thing that I really try to do is, I mean, it's a big deal, but I want them to know I believe in them 1000%. And if they have to borrow my belief while they go through this journey and build their own belief in themselves, again, it's just such an important gift that I can give them. And then I think another big thing is making sure that outside of them showing up to company events, create events outside of that, you know, go to an apple orchard, do a summer event, like get together non-business related, just so that you build that culture and that community so that they don't ever want to leave it. They know that they have a safe place
1: and they have like a second family when they're with you. I, I love that concept of second family. I, you, you're you just creating a safe place for people to show up, right, how they are. And it, it, it's almost like it helps them put down any defenses too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or share things maybe they wouldn't have shared with anybody else
2: in their first designated family, you know?
1: Yeah. So really what I hear you saying is just create the environment where people can show up authentically. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. I love that. Well, you have done amazing things in your organization, and I know culture has been such a big part of that. Um, and, you know, this past year, I think we've really put a lot of leadership to the test, quite quite honestly, where, you know, as a company, we've made some incredible strides forward as, we, as we've evolved to be um, set up for success in the future. And one of the things that I, I know can be hard for some people is the idea of change. So, how have you had to really um, make sure that as a, as a leader, you're you're always evolving and you're always encouraging other people to evolve? And you know, change is probably the only constant thing in this world. But what what have been your thoughts over um, kind of just the transformation of LB three hundred and sixty, and what has that done? Um, and how has that made you think different as a leader?
2: Yeah, th- when change is happening on a big scale like this, what I've learned is you just you can't be reactive. And um, just because you have that title of leader doesn't mean that you're not going to feel some fear or have your own questions. But the place that you can't take that is to your team. You have to take that to your mentors and your leaders and talk it through with them and because your words your energy that matters so so much and again change can scare people and they're going to be looking to you for clarity they're going to be looking to you for vision so you have to be able to again be unreactive And filter your own emotions and think about your people and be able to come to them in a way that, again, presents a peace, um, uh, an excitement, uh, a new vision of what's ahead. And again, providing clarity and understanding and then also making sure that it's understood, not just talking at them, but truly talking to them. And making sure that what they're hearing and what they're seeing is that clear to them. Because you may have clarity, but if your team doesn't have clarity, people are not going to
1: move. They're going to be halted from the fear of the change. That I, I love that. And you said something that I think is really important is, you know, just because the, you're the leader doesn't mean that you're not like you don't have your own fears. You don't have your own things that you're working through um because i think that's just honest and I, I love that you're vulnerable about that um because sometimes you know people equate this idea of leadership with like you've arrived or you, you you've got all the answers and i just don't think that's um that's ever the case you you also said be careful of you know showing that downward be careful of what negativity in any way you take into your organization so my my question for you is what do you do in those situations? When you are and and Tanya you're an executive leader in this company, you have had tremendous success, but when you have those moments where you're like I need I need that leadership or I need some help here, how how do you respond in those situations? Uh, I go to my enrollers. I mean, I'm so blessed
2: with the bloodline that I have in this company. I mean, Stu Brody, Carrie Dickey, Carrie Williams, Maria Williams, Pam Gordon, Joanne Shear, Nikki Elsie, and The Pose. I mean, come on now. And every single one of them, like I've learned from them, from listening to them, from watching them, from the way that they make themselves accessible to me, from the way they love me, the way they believe in me. And I know that I can take anything to them. I mean, they just have laid that down from from day one, and they're the people I go to, and they're the people I get to be vulnerable with or maybe, you know, share frustrations or share my fears, and they, as my mentors, I mean, they just always bring it back because you may, again, have that title, but you don't know what you don't know. There's always something to learn or always something new to learn. And it never fails. I will go to them. And if I'm whether I'm beating myself up or things aren't moving the way that I want them to move or going fast enough or the changes are happening, they always can bring me to a place of calm and a place again of being excited and helping me see the big picture and what's ahead. And once I do that, it sets me up to then go to my team and do the same thing.
1: So I guess if if you're capturing this and just advice for anybody expanding their leadership it's don't feel like you have all the answers but go to that person that you have to get them absolutely yep and what's interesting is you know if you put that in the perspective of the leaders on in your team I mean you wouldn't want them to be navigating hard things without you like that's what you're there for right right yep I love that well, this has been an incredible year and you've done an incredible job of leading your team through, through so much of this. Um, the next question I want to ask you kind of goes along the lines of this, but as you, if, if you were to look back kind of at your journey as a leader, is there, are there any key moments that stood out where, you, where a shift happened or where maybe you were seeing something one way and somebody was able to reframe? Can you think of any experiences that were really pivotal learning moments? And, and how did you respond to them as a leader, you know, over the course of, of your business?
2: You know, I guess we, we've been through a lot of changes within this company, but I've been blessed enough to have leadership that very quickly brings us together, addresses it, makes us feel excited and calm about it. So I guess when I think about myself as a leader, there's been those moments where I'm like, things are not working the way that I want them to work. And things are not moving the way that I want them to move. And I'm questioning myself. I'm questioning if I'm made for this. I'm questioning if I should be where I'm at. And I just want to tell leaders when you're feeling that way, no matter what stage you're at, whether you're new and you've enrolled your first person or you're you have no one on your team and you're a mom or a wife and you're leading at home. Like you have to find someone to go to because the worst mistakes I've ever made is when I try to just get through it on my own. I'll have moments where I beat myself up for feeling the way that I do. And it's almost like a shame that I inflict on myself because I, I shouldn't be feeling that way and how will someone feel if I come to them with those emotions but once you do once you put your guard down and you do go to someone you realize like you're not that unique you're not the only person that's ever felt that way I love that I mean it's just and I remember I'll never forget like I was going to Costco and I was talking to the pose and I was just frustrated And this was a long time ago, and I just felt like nothing was working. And it was Sean that just brought me back down to, he's like, he just reminded me of what I had already created and what I've done and what I've survived, like building a business with family stuff that's gone on. He just, I mean, I'll never forget that moment. And I was like, okay, so I think in those moments, we really have to kind of just step back. And look around and have gratitude because it is so easy in this industry to just keep going after the big thing. And sometimes we can do it in such a way where we have blinders on and then we forget the moments of gratitude, of life, of family, of what's already around you. And I think if you can hold on to what's already around you and be planted in your family and your faith. I mean, that's that's what's going to make you fundamentally
1: such a phenomenal leader. I I I love that, and you know, you, you referenced Sean and Michelle, who are incredible leaders, and um, you know, the feedback that he gave you, just like, hey, remember what you remember what you've created. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also had to be open, yeah. to receive that back. Yeah. So I guess the next question I have for you is how does being open to feedback correlate with somebody's ability to become a better leader? (laughs) I mean, you're like all the time. You're like (laughs) the same thing, right? Yeah. You, you just
2: have to put ego aside. You, you have to stay humble because if you are ego-driven, if you are title-driven, if you are spotlight-driven, like you're not going to hear what you need to hear. And again, none of us have ever arrived. And if if there's feedback that you need to get or if you're going to somebody with something, I remember telling my team once, we went to this event outside of our company um, just to grow, just a personal development seminar. And I remember telling them, When you go into this, it's going to feel kind of hoaxy. It's going to feel weird. So go in with no assumptions, go in with no expectations, and go in with an empty cup. And just really take it in. Don't judge it and allow your cup to be filled. And they said over and over, they were so glad that I told them that before they went into it because they said otherwise we probably would have been like, okay, this is so weird. Um, And I think the same goes for... When you go to someone for advice, or you go to someone for leadership for yourself, you've got to come into it not expecting anything, not going into it, well, this is what I want them to say. Like If you're going to ask for it, have that empty cup and receive it wholeheartedly so that you can really hear and receive what you need to get so that it'll make you that much better going forward.
1: You answered that just perfectly I'm sitting here listening to your responses and you know the openness have an empty cup put the ego aside I think if if you can't do that it it is going to be very hard to grow as a leader yeah um and and it might be the hardest skill to master is just being being open to feedback you know I've seen that in my career but um it it's so important right and I think you know, as we're talking, maybe we gloss over that too much of, you know, we talk about some of those incredible leadership skills about consistency and keep going, but it's also about being open to the right kind of feedback.
2: Yeah. And I think that's a good trait of a leader too, honestly, is because you're going to have those people that are phenomenal in your organization. And sometimes maybe if they, they get to a point where, Suddenly they are doing things that maybe aren't benefiting other people. As a leader, it's your job to sometimes tell them what they need to hear and not always what you know they want to hear. And that can be the hardest thing to do
1: sometimes. I was going to say, that can't be easy. What, what has been your experience with that? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's it, it's I just,
2: girl. Yeah, it's just dr- dr- drama is not fun to deal with it's just not um but it is necessary for the culture of your team for the growth of your team and it takes a lot of energy from you it sure does but it's a necessary thing and you have to do it one for the sake of your own sanity honestly but most importantly (laughs) you have to do it for the sake of your team because again, if you don't have that strong culture and community, it's going to be really hard to have expansion and
1: growth. I love that. And, and, and I agree with you. It, it is, you know, that line, that balance of telling people what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear is a very difficult thing to master as a leader. But I, I agree with you. It's one of the things that is most necessary for growth. Right. Absolutely. Well, Tanya, as, as we wrap this up, this has been absolutely incredible. Um, I, I, I want to end with just one question that I like to end a lot of these podcasts with. But I, I want you to go back to the first day of your business. And I want you to really put yourself in that, in that space. And for those people listening to this call who maybe today is day one in life LifeVantage for them, or maybe they're resetting and they've been here a while and it's like today is the reset day. What advice would you give to someone in that brand new space of really how to tackle and become a better leader?
2: I would say to them, just as I said to myself, like, um, it's you may be terrified, you may be afraid. But if, if I look back when I first got started, That fear, I know it came from the judgment of the judgment I thought others would have for me. It came from the fear of what if it doesn't work again? It just came from so many what ifs. And I don't want you to have to deal with that anymore. I mean, I was in seven companies before I got into this company and I was over it. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm going to make it work. I And I wanted to make it work because I wanted to finally discover what I was capable of doing. And that is the greatest gift that you can give to yourself, that you can give to whomever it is, you know, who you believe in with your faith. It's the greatest gift that you can give is for you to continue to move forward and do the things that. Scare you to death, but that you know will make you become that person that you were put on this earth to become. And you cannot do it by yourself. You cannot do it by yourself. No leader has become a leader by traveling the journey all by themselves. You have to tap into other people. You have to show up to the things you don't want to show up to. You have to, showing up, just by showing up, you're doing 90% more than most people. You're doing nine you're doing so much more than the majority of the people around you just by showing up. And then when you show up, it's giving it everything that you can even through the fear. It's doing it afraid. And I promise you if you just continue to do it afraid, ask for help, show up even when you don't want to, like
1: it's going to happen. It will happen. I love that. And and sometimes it is just do it afraid. And the more you do it, the less afraid you'll be next time, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, Tanya, this has been just an incredible podcast. It's going to be one that people go back and listen to over and over. So thank you for your time. Any last thoughts that you want to share? Uh, No, I'm sorry for the rough start. I feel like I was
2: all over the place. I was so oh my- nervous to do this. I was so surprised I even got asked. So, I mean... That's the thing. When things, when opportunity comes your way, no matter what stage you're at in your leadership, you got to take it. And I, I will be honest, there have been moments in my journey with Vantage, not even so long ago, where I've been asked for opportunities and I don't do it because the belief in myself just isn't there. I just don't think that I'm good enough. And if you're feeding yourself with that kind of belief, you're not heading in the direction you're supposed to be heading in. So I guess that's my last phrase, too, is <laughs> say yes. And again, like we said, Kristen, just do it afraid
1: <laughs> that because that that's when you know you're heading in the direction you're supposed to be headed in. That you could not have ended that in a in a in a better way. And you've been incredible and you have earned every right to be on here. You have done amazing things in your team. And, you know, you, you really are somebody who is a phenomenal leader. And we are so lucky to have you. Um, as one of our executive consultants. So, Tanya, thanks for your time today. But more importantly, thanks for your commitment to life manage and to leadership, because, you know, as you are growing as a leader, you're helping others around you do the same. and and it has a global impact, and we see it and and we're grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for this episode of Activation Nation with Tanya Sheldon, Executive Leader from Idaho. Um, Hope you loved this episode as much as we did. Tanya, thanks again. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Activation Nation podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tell your friends and share your biggest takeaways from today's discussion with anyone who could benefit from them. This episode is sponsored by LifeVantage Legacy, a nonprofit dedicated to improving lives and building a lasting impact for those in need around the world. Learn more at lifevantage.com. We look forward to sharing more with you during next week's conversation. Thanks for listening and being an important part of the LifeVantage community.